Welcome everyone to another episode of the Talent the Human podcast. My guest today is a really good friend of mine. I met him last year in New York City. Uh, this kid is one of the smartest, most um, driven person I've met in, in a very long time. Um, his name is Thomas Freck. I have the pleasure of working with him in a lot of things um, at this moment. And uh, we've been able to share a lot of experiences from an artistic point of view. Um, and from a personal point of view, we've taken trips together. We've um, done crazy adventures, climbing rooftops, building businesses, helping clients. It's it's been a roller coaster ride. But he's one of the most talented people I know when it comes to um, developing business ideas. And without further ado, I want to bring into the show my really good friend Thomas Breck. What's up, dude? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fine, man. Like, I feel like we talk on a daily basis, but <laughs> for the purpose of this podcast, well, you know, here we are. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. No, I, I really wanted to have you on the podcast because it's kind of a little bit of a change of pace from like discussing mental health stuff on, on here. And I just wanted to focus on like, you're, you're one of the most rounded people I know. Um, you you're uh, turning 19 this year and ever since last year, so ever since you went to New York last year, you, you've kind of like gone through a process that I've been privileged enough to see, um, you know, from the outside. And mm -hmm. when I met you, you were like just this excited kid that wanted to like take over New York and take photos and have a lot of fun. And then, you know, we introduced you, I introduced you to, to, to the people that was around me and you immediately caught on, I mean, I guess you already had a little bit of a entrepreneurial mindset and in, in you and, mm -hmm. but you kind of weren't sure if that was something that you would use ever. And you went to New York, yeah. you wanted to learn some English, you wanted to do some things. And um, I think you, what turned out into what was supposed to be one month or, or just a short summer in New York turned into four and a half months, I think, that you were there? Well, yeah, I, 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 I was supposed to be there for four months, but it was, you know, like, the experience was not as I expected it to be. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm so, like, I'm so happy that we, like, the, the, the randomly started talking to the other German guy in the group. <laughs> and uh, so uh, for, for you guys to know, we met during a, an Instagram photo shoot. Um, photo meetup um, in New York City. It was a midnight photo shoot. So we basically walked all night through New York City taking photos and having fun with a large group of people. Um, shout out to the, uh, to the awesome people of New York City Prime Shot on Instagram. And uh, yeah, um, after that, Tommy and I hung out like for like nine days straight taking photos around New York City and, and just getting to know each other. And and then I introduced him to, to my friend Finn and the group of people that, you know, that, that was around us, um, you know, working on, on trying to figure out what we were going to do, you know, moving forward with our lives and, and business. And, and it kind of like awoken something on, on Tommy. He wanted to like start, but like, I think we, we might have ran through, I don't know, five, six different ideas. I had to like make a business. We wanted to start a clothing brand. We wanted to do... <laughs> Holy shit. A, a, a full photography company. We wanted to um, 
to get brands to sponsor deals so you can travel the entire US. Um, we, well, we yeah, it was, it was crazy. I think like we just was like, well, like we got to do something. We got to make some money. So we just like yeah. thought about like 10 different things that we could do and like, oh, we should do this. And the next, oh no, we can do this. No, but that's better. Let's do this. This will give us more money. No, but that's more fun. So we had like 10 different ideas, but yeah, realized none of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and it was funny because I, you know, we, we had to figure out a way for you to like make money in the US legally, um, which was crazy because I, I ended up having to to um, utilize the international. Are, we even, are we even allowed to say that? <laughs> huh? uh, yeah. Are we even allowed to say that? Yeah, we are. We are. Because, uh, you know, we did it in, in, a, in a good way. Um, so, but yeah, no, we did. Um, we did really good on 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 thinking on our and, and you know on our toes and, and making sure it, it, it came out pictures. taking photos for other people like that yeah, was the exactly. like then <laughs> we, did, um, we did a lot of um, good stuff and uh, took a crazy road trip um, to the east yeah. coast of, of uh, the northern east coast of the U.S. and had some fun there with some friends uh, got to yeah. build up relationships and. And then we met back up in Germany and true dude. And it's been a crazy, I, I know I, I was the person who said, dude, like just come to Germany. And you're yeah, like, oh, I, mean, I, I had already planned on, on traveling and I had my, my travel plans already set. I was going to go to South Africa first and then go to Germany afterwards. And Tommy's like, no, dude, leave now and go to Germany first. And, um, I mean, that's I mean, where the adventure started. Yeah. That's yeah. That's when the, uh, but yeah, uh, I wanted to get a little bit into the mindset of like, or not the mindset, but like the, the process of, of how you just decided to, to, um, to start your business and, and why, you know, why is this what you want to do right now? And how does, how does that affect your future and, and what your, yeah. your kind of like mentality towards like building businesses is? Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it all started like, like maybe like now, like eight, seven years back. I think I've always been in the mindset of selling stuff or like doing my own shit. I mean, I, I, I sold, I can remember that with my neighbor, we started selling fruits on the street to the, to the bikers because like where, where I used to live, there's a, like a big route a uh, bike route around the lake so we we just sold like fruits to, to the bikers like bananas and apples um it was just fun doing that and then i remember when i was 13 actually i got my first camera and then i you know wanted to make some money so i i i um was, was interested in the whole tourism scene so i just randomly send out emails like probably the worst emails ever to 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 hotels. I was like, yeah, like I'm a 13 year photographer. Can I take photos for your hotel? And then actually, one hotel got back to me, which was um, a few kilometers away from where I lived. And um, um, I I don't know, like the the hotel director was pretty cool and said, yeah, like come come over, dude. Like you can take photos. And then um, I actually started working for them. I was. For, 13 years old, took photos. They didn't give me any money. I got basically like credits for the hotel. So I was able to eat there for free, to sleep there and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't get any real money, but that was cool to me. Um, and yeah, it was really fun. I actually made a lot of, a uh, couple of hundred like 
points, like one point was one euro, so um, was pretty cool. And um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I then you know did different internships um, because of school, and um, realized I think that I that it's I don't know that I can't see myself working in a in a job where I have you know the same working hours every day. I, I always knew that that I'm not gonna do this, um, but I never knew or never had the. I think I never had kind of like the, you know, mindset of of having an own business. I think I had the mindset like it would be cool to have that, but it was never really like a point um, until I came to New York, and that basically changed everything because every single person that was in the friend group that we had there had their own business like no one was working I think except except of Ricky but then he he quit his job actually so there was no one having a job everyone was doing freelancing or having their own startup or business so it was kind of like you, you, I had to to also do something you know or, or like to figure out a way to make money on my own not to not to the job because that was obviously not even possible with my visa um so it just like completely changed everything and then um i don't know yeah that's basically how it started yeah that's um it it, it was fascinating because like you have to have had that little bit of like entrepreneurial mindset because i've never i, I don't yeah, think i think, it, I think someone, it was always there yeah i don't think i've ever seen someone change their their behavior as fast as you did you like immediately like it was like just like a switch uh and and you just went like from like focusing on like just having fun in new york to well let's figure out what we could do you know while we have fun in new york like let's let's make mm -hmm. sure we make money let's make sure that we do and i i wanted to ask you are, are you money driven or are you business driven like what do you what do you think drives you more the the, the the opportunity to make you money or the opportunity to build in something no actually i don't i don't really care about money i think um i mean it's always a critical point that needs to be there to be able to build something <laughs> um because we all all need it um to build a business but i think it's for me it's more about building the business and and that's obviously bringing money in automatically like if you're building a cool company like you're going to get money. But if you do it for, for the sake of making money, you're not going to build a cool company or a big company. Like that's just not how it works. So I think, so I'm definitely on, on the business side. Um, just love it. Like what I'm doing right now, I would also do it um, without getting any money and, and just doing it because I just love it. Um, I, I would just have, or need need to figure out how I can you know like live and and, and buy food, but I would also do it with um if if my clients wouldn't pay me a couple thousand um, euros a month, like I I would just do it um for free, um because I would I know that if I would do that for a couple of months, they would start paying me at some point, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 if I do my work right, if I deliver results, um they 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 would pay me at the end, and if if I then build a, you know, a big, um, big group of clients, it will work out at the end. So it's, for me, it's not about making the money, but it's like a building the relationships and the business. I like that. I like that. I like that mentality. It's, uh, I've always been kind of the same way. I mean, I, I, I had one point in my life where it was all money driven and that drove me insane. And, and, uh, you know, I, I see the, uh, I see the, um, 
the benefits of, of, of putting the money part aside. Like, I think I, oh. I, I read something yesterday and it kind of got me thinking. Um, there are companies out there that talk a big game on culture and talk a big game on, on having, um, you know, keeping their employees happy. You know, and, and, and it made me think of Amazon. Amazon has been making a lot of waves now on, on doing that and making sure that, that, um, that their employees are happy. But at the same time, when it comes to paying wages and, and keeping people motivated, they, they're still lacking in that regard because there's a lot of emphasis on, on, the, on the profitability of the company and being like the biggest, largest, most... I think Amazon can continue to do what they do without. I love what they do. Yeah, no, I, I, I love them too. Like, I, I don't get me wrong, but I think they can still continue to do what they do without being the largest company financially in the world and without Jeff. Yeah, Bezos, I mean, like the man in the world. If they distribute the wealth better, I think they could even be bigger than they are today. Yeah, I think Jeff doesn't care about making money, like. If, if you look at his, um, at the revenue streams and the profit margins of Amazon over the last 20 years, like the revenue grew like, like this, but the profit margin was always the same because he invests all back into his business. Yeah. So it's, and he's putting it's like, like, he's, like, I want him to, I want to see him put more money into the people rather than the, uh, the logistics. Yeah. I mean that, I think that's always a point that people see critical, like doesn't matter which company it is because there's always someone complaining. And if, if you have like Amazon, like I think like 600,000 employees, like there are thousands of people complaining every day, like this is shit or I hate that. Like you yeah. can never make it right for 600,000 people. It yeah. doesn't matter. Well, there, there are tools and there are ways to, I, I, I feel that there is a way for him to do it. Um, yeah, there's always a way for someone to do that. So I, I, like the, the article I read yesterday was like the guy who um, was talking about like he, his business is smaller than, and he's built three, three large successful businesses in his career. And he, he has, um, he paid out better bonuses by ratio to his employees than Amazon did being smaller than Amazon. And and the reason why he did that is because like he says at the end of the day, that's what keeps the people there. That's how I make sure that the right people are with me. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. But I think, I think the, the workforce of Amazon, they have, I actually watched an interview yesterday. They have 250,000 people in their like logistics centers and, and like doing this yeah. like kind of like shitty work. Um, and I think that they don't even need to, to like from an objective perspective, they don't even need to give them like big, big wages or something because they will get new people anyway. And they just, in my opinion, they just have to keep, well, it's obviously important that they, that they, um, you know, increase the retention of every employee. But I think for them, from their perspective, it's, it's important to keep the people who are doing important work, you know, like really important oh, work, like that stuff. And, and I think they, they really, don't really care about their their workforce like the people in the logistics center because they will get new people anyway you know there are so many people who who who, who would like to work there because they don't have any jobs um, and i know that they are actually um throwing out a lot of people who are not 
you know, delivering the results they have to deliver. For yeah, example, that's, that's, but the standards are, are a little bit un, unrealistic sometimes in the, uh, like the people are working 14 hours with like less than one break a day. And that's, yeah. not, that's not humanly decent. And that's the thing that I kind of see where, okay, well, you know, throw in more money to have more people. Because at the end of the day, if you need people to produce at 14 hours a day, that means that you need more productivity from human labor, so hire more people. So that way you don't have to have people overworked. Yeah, I think it's going to end in like... little solutions that I feel I think, that should be in there. This is ending in a couple of years when everything is fully automated. I think in, in 10, 15 years, maybe even earlier, they don't need any people in the logistics centers because everything... Yeah, more automation will be will be better. But like, I, I see like the, the overhaul that he will need to take, you know, to automate every every distribution center that they run. I, I think of like the Elon Musk automation of the factory uh, for <laughs> Model 3. That was crazy. Like he, he went all like, yep, it's fully automated. You don't need people. The machines are doing the work. They're building the cars. And, and then like, I think two months later or three months later, he was like, yeah, that was not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> the cars are shit. Uh, we need people there too. And uh, you, you always have to experience that. Yeah, exactly. But having that ability to to um, to to move from things, I think is is important too. And yeah, um, I think like the you know adding a, a good amount of automation to Amazon will be super beneficial to the people that work for. I mean, it. they have already so many things automated, but yeah, they. It, I mean, I, I think at that level of like, um, of, um, of the distribution center, I think. But anyway, yeah. um, let's get back into a little bit of the, um, the, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about in the, um, in the aspect of uh, mental health is you, you have shown me in, in the work that we've done and, and the things that we've, you know, working together, you have shown me that you put a lot of value into building the right culture. You put mm -hmm. a lot of emphasis on, on making sure that the people that are working with you feel that they are part of something good and that they're part of like, something that, that can make them feel happy, where they can learn, where they can. And, and I think that's such an important thing. A lot of people, a lot of people that put a lot of, of emphasis in, in culture don't realize the effect that this has on on the overall health of the people that work for you. Um, because it kind of like, I feel like if you find a balance between having a good work life and a good personal life, so if everything is good at home and everything is good at work, then you're always going to be mentally healthy. You're always going to, you're not gonna have stresses from one end to the other. And, and having that opportunity to, like I feel like one of the things for culture, and this is where I wanted to ask you how your, your view on this is, having that opportunity to build a culture within a company where people feel comfortable speaking up and saying, shit at home is not great, you know, how, you know, how can I get help? How can I get, like for bigger companies, I feel that that's so important because a lot of things like with the stigma of talking about, well, I might be depressed or, you know, my wife is driving me crazy, my husband is driving me crazy, crazy or, you know, I had a death in my family and it's affecting me really badly. Um, mm -hmm. These things like, Sometimes when it comes to the workplace, are seen like, well, why are you bringing your shit to work? And but at the same time, like we spend three quarters of our lives at work. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's something that's that's as you said, really important to me to have 
you know, the, the right people in place and that they feel comfortable, you know, um, like what they do, like the people they work with and, and also fit into the core values of the company. That's something that doesn't exist yet, but um, in, in the future, it definitely should exist. Um, but that's, yeah, I think one of the most important things because it always um, increases, as, as we said before, the retention of the employees. And in my opinion, that's one of the most important things to, to have employees in your company long term because it's you know it's it costs a lot of money to get new people to to recruit them it's a long onboarding process till the people are you know like 100 percent or 110 percent in the company and understand everything and i think it's just important to have yeah employees staying for a long time in your company that's in my opinion the most beneficial part and i mean you can always throw them out if they're not delivering results or, you know, yeah, no, of course. a certain um, turnover ratio, I guess, I guess not everyone's going to fit, not everyone's going to be perfect, but those that fit that, you know, there has to be a way to, to make sure that we treat them right. Um, sure. what, what do you think, what do you think could happen if, if all of a sudden personal branding went away from a, not from like a, a, your company perspective, but from like a economy perspective. Well, it can't go away. It can't go away. No, because it's always there. If we exist, personal branding exists. If there are humans and people, it exists automatically. You know, it's, it's not about having a, a social media presence. It's about like reputation because if if there are five people in a room and they talk for an hour, they will have everyone will think something about the other person. Even without building actively a personal brand, it's like they are their personal brand. So if they're humans, they're automatically personal brands. You know. That's a good point of view. I like that. I always thought. Yeah, it, it can't I, go away. I mean, I, I know that it's always been around, and I know it's a big thing back in, you know, during the uh, industrialization of the world and um, everyone worked for someone because of who they were, not because of the company. Uh, people didn't want to work for, you know, the electric company of Thomas Edison. They wanted to work for Thomas Edison. They wanted to work sure. with yeah. Tesla. They wanted to work with a Henry Ford and uh, not for Ford Motor Company. They wanted to be part of the circle and the network of Henry Ford. Um, but at the same time, I also, you know, lived through a time in my teenage years of like more anonymity in the sense of who the, uh, who the big CEOs were, who the big companies, like the only big CEOs that I knew were Tim, Co I'm not Tim Cook, um, Steve Jobs and, and, um, and Bill Gates. Those were like the big guys that, that everyone knew. You didn't know who, who was behind Nike. You didn't know who was behind Adidas. You didn't know who was behind, you know, the yeah. other brands. And the only two people that you knew, and, and even Jeff Bezos, like we've only started knowing about Jeff Bezos um, in the last 10 years or so. Um, before that, when he first started Amazon, you didn't know who he, he, he was. And, yeah, true. And like, so it was almost like it, it was like a non-existent 
aspect of like having a big brand to represent your a big personal brand to represent your company and to be the, the, the face of it. And I think that has brought a little bit of stress into those faceless companies and to those, um, totally. And, and if you were in the position of say like a company that doesn't necessarily, especially like tech companies that don't necessarily have a big face CEO. Um, mm -hmm. but you also see that there are smaller tech companies arising with a lot of, you know, personal brand interaction and a, a lot of like social media connectivity with others and, and, and in the market, I, how would you feel if you were like that person? And like, how, what, what would be your mindset if you had to put them, yourself in their shoes? If, if I would be the person at the big company? Yeah. Without the well, personal brand. I, I think, you know, I think those people, they either don't know about it or they just don't care. And so if, if I would be in the, in, in the, in the area of not knowing about it, that it's important, like not realizing it, well, I wouldn't know it. <laughs> and if I, you know, if I would think that it's not important to me, that I don't care about it, um, I think, you know, well, there are probably a lot of, like, there are like 5 million things a a leader or a CEO from a big company has to do and some people see the value in it and some people don't um I think there's value in it for everyone also for the people that don't see it so you just have to to make them see the value and make them realize it but I think if you're in the position that you have a big com company you know if if, if 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 no one makes you aware of that like what you can get out of it in the long term you just don't know about it and, and, and that's why you don't care about it. And maybe because you have other priorities. Like, for example, like there are several people who just raised, for example, millions of, of, of euros here in Germany and they obviously have different priorities right now. I mean, they raise for the companies. So it's just an example. Like if, if you, for example, let's say you raise um, half a billion um, euros for your company, then you obviously have different priorities than someone who is in a completely different stage. So it's always like seeing in which state are the people and is it a priority of their business life right now? When you, when you work with people on their personal brand, because this is what you, what your ex, uh, expertise is on right now, do you, did you put emphasis on understanding, like, do you make sure that when you, build their strategy, when you talk to them about strategy, did you, did you focus on specifically what they want or do you bring aspects to the table? Like if you see that they're putting too much emphasis on say like just the business side of things, um, mm -hmm. did, you, did you explain to them the importance of having a balance and also showing a little bit of who they are on a personal level? Yeah, I mean, I always try to understand what the person wants before I even start working with them, before I even propose working with them, I, I, I want to know what the person's goal is. And then, you know, what, what we always create in the beginning, as you, you know, that is the brand guideline and that really shows who the person is and what the goals are. And then you obviously have business goals and personal goals, but I always put, you know, my, myself into a situation and, or put myself in there and tell people like it doesn't work to only go for the business side. 
you know, that's something that I tell people. Um, they understand that, they accept it. So I always try to make sure we have the right balance between, for example, also with content, always try to have the right balance in there with business content and, and content that brings them like actually business in the short term, but also having the right balance of content that, you know, builds their brand in the long term. Let me ask you another question. It's a little bit heavy, but um, have you ever felt depressed? No, I don't know. I don't know how it feels. So. I don't know how it feels. Okay, and how you ever felt like... Maybe I have been, but I, I, I don't think so, so I don't know how it feels. Yeah, the person has some, some, really, uh, some really noticeable um, symptoms that, um, that you... So I probably haven't been. <laughs> feel, but... Um, uh, in the time that I've known you, I don't think I've ever, I could see you. Um, <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you a question. Does it, is it, is it something that at any point in your life, in your young time here on earth, have you ever thought of what it means to, to make sure that not only today, but in the future, you remain mentally healthy? what it means no actually no, not what it means but like what it what it what it represents to you like the importance that could be for you to make sure that you don't fall down well i know i know it's important to stay mental health healthy um but i've never specifically thought about it ever in a business context and also not doing anything to stay mental healthy like to be honest not not um i'm not putting thoughts into that topic yeah and or, that's why i wanted to bring up the topic because like a lot of people like you a lot of young people like you uh, don't necessarily think of these things because they don't they have unless they have um experienced it at some point they they don't put into they don't yeah i mean it. i i mean i i had it in mind a couple of times but i i i think i just didn't put much effort in it or more effort or start didn't think start didn't start thinking more about it because i think i'm so young like what should happen like then nothing's gonna happen like that's well, it, starts, it starts early though it starts uh, the, the the prevention starts early um i've always been a, a big proponent of this um ever, ever since i was young because i i i see so i saw some things in my family that that kind of like not directly through my family but like people that were in, in my family circle who had to deal with, um, you know, certain areas of, yeah, whether it was depression or, or um, you know, bipolar um, syndrome or um, Alzheimer's. And, and those things kind of like um, always got me thinking, like, you know, how do I make sure? Because like, that's like one of my biggest fear is to not be fully in here in my mm -hmm. like. I hope in I hope in, in 20, 30, 40 years we have technologies that solve that. Yeah, me too. But in the meantime, <laughs> I mean, I think well, you do a good job. In the meantime, I hope I will be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you do a good job of like doing things unknowingly to prevent these things. Like you, you, you try to eat healthy. You try to like. Well, yeah. I mean, I do a lot to to stay healthy and that. Yeah. I think that's an important topic, um, which is not in like the, the mental health factor, but it's like. Well, it does have an effect on it. Yeah, for me, it's just super important to stay healthy because otherwise, for example, if I would eat shitty food like burgers or 
I don't know, like just not healthy food, I wouldn't even be able to have the days that I have or like to be as efficient as I am. Like it just wouldn't work. Do you feel like you ever need to disconnect? From what? From the grind of of it all? Um, Not right now. Um, It's fun. So. It doesn't feel overwhelming right now. No. I think, no, like I, I don't really take time off or I don't take time off, but it doesn't feel like I need to. So I mean, if I would feel like, well, I need to take a day off, I would do it, but I don't feel like that. So no, that's fair. But like knowing that when you do feel like you have to, you, you will do it. It's, it's a good to, to have and a good message to also send out to, to the people that are listening, because I, a lot of people, you know, might say, Oh, people say that you have to take time off, but, if you don't necessarily feel that you have to, you can still give it a little bit more. Cause like that means you're still running at, you know, at a very optimal level. So um, that's an important part too. Cause I always, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of like knowing when to take time off and when not to take them off, when to push forward and, and when, when to like, you know, step back a little bit. Um, like right now, I'm like, you know, me, my Sundays are, are, are mine. I usually use my Sundays for myself and to like disconnect completely, but Lately, it's just been, you know, a seven-day grind because that's how I need to do it right now. Like, I, I, I'm in a process that, that I have to do that. And, and for me, it's, it's, it's super important to, to make sure that I, that I keep that. But, and, I, and I don't feel that I have to stop. Like, I, I, right now, I know that this is a time where you know, my artistic side might take a little bit of a, of a, of a hit. And uh, because, like... I mean, I still do it. Like, I, like I'm sitting here, and, and my camera is like literally at hand reach. Like it's on my desk. And yeah. the reason why it's there is because sometimes if I like feel like a little cloudy, and the ideas that I, I just go out, and I, I mean, I have a nice garden outside, so I might take a few photos of some flowers to kind of like separate from it, and then come back, and I feel a little bit better, and and then I can continue to work. But it's not like I need to have, you know, like a full day or or you know, take some time and, and just like be disconnected from the work. I don't, I don't, yeah. um, I felt that in the past where, you know, like I needed to do that every, you know, every week or every, every so many days. And now it's like, it, and I think it has an, a, an effect on, on when you kind of like find your groove on what you're doing. A lot of people feel like <clears throat> even when they find their groove, they have to like force themselves to take this time off because well, it's supposed to happen. It's supposed. To, I think so long you sleep well and eat well, you can actually continue to. Yeah. As much as you can, but also recognizing when. To yeah, stop. like those are those that what you just said. Like eating and sleeping are, in my opinion, the most important factors. Eating healthy, and sleeping enough. You have a good uh, sleeping habit right now. That what, what's your routine on that? Um, I mean. I'm actually, I started tracking that with a, with a couple of friends every day, like when I wake up, when I go to bed, what I eat, how, uh, when I start working and all that kind of stuff. And I'm waking up at six every day, Monday to Monday, <laughs> like seven days a week. Um, and I'm going to bed. I try to go to bed at 10. And then, you know, have, have eight hours. That's the time. That's the sweet spot for me. 
I need eight hours. So in one of the previous episodes, I was talking to, to, to my friend Koi and he came, like he went through a process where like he literally burned himself out for lack of sleep. And he, I can't remember who the guy was that, that he got this information from, but this person said, I allowed myself seven to eight hours of sleep a day. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this means that in that time, I will sleep. And there's a, a, a test done where um, they test the subjects on a, on a sleep uh, study where they, they measure out the, the, um, the, the brain activity while you're sleeping mm -hmm. and, 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 the, um, and the chemicals in your body that kind of like react to when you're going to wake up. So they will tell people where you're going to sleep for eight hours and we're going to put you to, and we're going to wake you up at seven in the morning. Okay. So mm -hmm. they put people to sleep and they were going to wake them up at seven in the morning. And you can see in the brain activity at 6 a.m. how that started to, those chemicals that wake you up started to rise because they knew when they were going to be woken up. And the same thing happened when they told them that they were going to wake them up at three in the morning. Like unconscious thing. Yes. So, and then they, they told people on the third part of the study, it's like, you're just going to go to sleep. And you don't know when you're gonna be woken up, and and these people literally kept those chemicals at a very high level, basically after 45 minutes of sleep. So they went to sleep because they didn't know when to wake up. It was always there. Yeah. So like the, that's what happens when the smallest thing um, wakes you up at night, because you're not necessarily sleeping. You're in a sedated state, but you're not sleeping, and that's why you wake up sometimes tired. And that's what happens when, when you oversleep. Because like, let's say you wake up and then you go back to bed. You're not really sleeping again. You're just somewhat sedated. So your body is like a really high activity of, of you know, chemical activities. So you're, you're not necessarily resting. So but, uh, having an alarm is actually really important. Because you know that the alarm will wake you up. And you know yeah. at the time that you're going to wake up. So you actually go to sleep and you rest for, for, for those seven to eight hours. You're actually sleeping. And that's how yeah. you yourself a time to sleep. You can go to bed and, and be in bed and, and sleep for eight hours, but be up here in that chart all those that's hours actually, and you're not really yeah. resting. And your body's not really resting. So um, I, I started, like, ever since our conversation, I started, like, um, keeping like, I, I went back to putting my phone completely to sleep through the night. Like, I don't, like, it's completely off. And the well, only- Well, I, so that might be interesting. Um, I, what, what I do is one to two hours before I go to bed, I turn my phone off. So usually at like eight or nine, if I'm not like at events or still in meetings or something like that. Um, so usually it's at nine and then, so one hour before I go to bed, I turn my phone off in flight mode and then 30 to 45 minutes after I wake up, I turn it off. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a, a brilliant thing to do. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> because like it just, like 
just knowing that your phone might vibrate or receive a notification or something, it keeps you at this high level of activity while you're sleeping. And that's why phone vibrates, you wake up. But if you're like, I've, I probably have had the, the best, like even last night that I slept, um, you know, very little, I only slept about four hours. Um, I slept four hours because completely disconnected. And I actually, you know, and, and, and I woke up because I knew in my head that I needed to be awake by 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Because we were going to record the podcast. Yeah. And I, when I went to sleep, I knew that, and, but I forgot to set up the alarm. So I, I turned off the phone and I went to sleep, but my body knew that I needed to wake up and I woke up a little bit before 9 a.m. And that, it just kind of like, and I woke up and I felt rested, even though it was only four hours. Like, I don't feel yeah. tired. I don't feel, I feel like I, as if I slept, like I've had other days where I slept more and I just don't feel as rested as I do now. Yeah. And like the last five, ten, five to seven nights have been amazing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I keep, I keep like six to seven hours of sleep. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, what do you think, this is the last uh, bit of information here, the last topic. Um, what do you think, are you, what do you think, What do you think is going to happen with you and your company? Um, is this going to be something that you're going to work long term for to like keep it, or, or do you have any ambitions of starting anything else in the future, or any areas that interest you that that you might want to explore later on in life? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I've been thinking about that. I think it's like it's cool it's fun um but i think i will stay or i will you know be in that industry or not not in this in that industry like i'm gonna do this maybe for like three two three four five years um and then probably like doing something else i think I, i think this is kind of like the first step i mean it's an agency so it's like not really scalable like you can only scale with employees um so i think this is kind of like i'm using this kind of like as a vehicle to start something new in a few years i don't know but Any it's cool like, that, that, that today you say no maybe no but no it's it's cool i love it meeting cool people and it's a great way to to start in my opinion but i don't see myself in there for the next 10 or 20 years but that can change i know that's just what i think right now awesome i love that i love having that open mind open-mindedness to into the future um so you're gonna meet barack obama soon right yeah probably okay so when you do let's have him on the show as well (laughs) <laughs> okay I, I will ask him if he wants to come to the show yeah that's uh that's actually that's actually a very good goal that you set up set for yourself um attending this event in Munich, um, what well i don't know i, I, I think i just set it for fun um well you should do it. yeah we will see yeah, just be like 
<laughs> no, I actually want to, like, if I actually want to talk. Yeah. Like, no, exactly. But like that, I think that's how you get his attention, though. He's a really charismatic guy. So. <laughs> yeah. I had the, the privilege of, uh, of uh, briefly seeing him when he was campaigning for his presidential run in the U.S. That was a really good moment in, in history that I, I remember being a part of. Like, yeah. Like, that was, like, one of the most optimistic moments of my uh, of my life, I think. Like I remember that that night when he got elected. Holy crap! He's like, a cool guy. Yeah, no, but we like there was like a lot of people talk about hope. I was just optimistic because I was kind of like trying to like at that moment I was trying to figure out a lot of things in my life and just knowing that someone had breaking that a barrier and like done something for himself and at, at the level that he did kind of gave me like this like energy and I think. I think that was a, the, like the breaking point for me, and and having had that opportunity to like shake his hand for like thirty, like less than thirty seconds at that event was like ah. <laughs> amazing. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for for taking the time this morning. Um, Thanks for having me. 